Hello and welcome to another episode of Cast It Into the Fire podcast. I'm Sarah. And I'm Bill. And we are back to Game of Thrones again. Um, we're on uh, John chapter, and last we were following John. Um, he was en route to the Night's Watch and was finding out about the more unsavory uh, side to it, how a lot of them are criminals and... Um, yeah, and how shady they are, and how it's not really, like, this glamorous work. Not that he necessarily thought that, but he thought he was going to be, I guess, doing some sort of, like, hard and um, honorable duty, and he's just, like... Which it still is, arguably but... Arguably, at least. I mean, but he's... He was put with uh, some terrible people who had committed terrible crimes, and... They're just going to basically be shipped there to the wall so they don't face their their otherwise punishment. Um, why don't you talk about that illustration? It's a really nice illustration on the... Uh... Yeah, the wall, and it's really big. Um, and it has it actually has a crane on it, and it has... Uh, stairs. Yeah, stairs. Very long, like, switchback stairs. Both of them look very haphazard and, like... Yeah. I can just imagining my knees shaking. I take the crane though. I would sit the on the elevator crane, thing they had in the TV eyes. show looked a lot safer. And it's like basically, you know, skyscraper height. And I'm not exactly sure which is the right version of what the elevator looks like, but that looks very unsafe. It looks like a crane that's just, <laughs> you know. System. Imagine if the wind is blowing. Yeah. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I'm sure that would happen occasionally. So. So there's John with his 14 year old Amo self at the wall, and, and he's training. He's training with some other boys, I think, mostly around his age, a little older, maybe. Yeah. And they're sparring in the. Um, practice yard with um, blunt but still would hurt pretty bad to be hit by uh, practice swords and um, John is pretty much kicking the other boys butts at this well that's something that they go into pretty early on John is well trained and the others are not or at least he has some training at least uh, pretty good training because he's, even though he's a bastard, he still grew up as a Stark pretty much. And he had, you know, Sir Roger training him, and yep. you know, he's fighting all these peasant boys who ha- mostly would not have held a sword before. Yeah. And so, yes, of course he's better than them at. Yeah. And, but he's frustrated by the <laughs> fact that this isn't winning him uh, any friends. I mean, I'm sure he didn't expect it to be friends with any of the other boys, but he probably thought that the, uh... They'd be impressed with his skill, and... and, and he thought that Sir Alistair, who's, uh... who's in charge, would like him, and he doesn't. He, he doesn't like him. Uh, Sir cooks. Alistair, I guess we're introducing him here. He doesn't like anyone. He's... Yeah, he's... And he basically critiques them. Uh, he basically <laughs> talks about how terrible they are all at fighting... And he says, uh... He's kind of the equivalent of, like, a drill sergeant, and... He says, I pray... He says, the others ever come for us, I pray they have archers. 
because you lot are fit for nothing more than arrow fodder. <laughs> so, and there's that. And they get various, you know, demeaning uh, nicknames. Yeah. So, think of it, I guess, like, I mean, the show, even though he was almost dead and then he recently died, they could have just gotten Arlie Ernie to play him or something. Uh, that would have been something, but I don't, I don't even think Arlie Ernie was doing anything at that point when he recently passed, so. But it, you at least get that image. Um, and with the bit more north than they were, John already thinks it's cold and... It's not properly winter yet. But at this point, they're at, I guess you would call this an Alaskan or Siberian kind of climate. Yeah, and it's still not winter. It's just that far north. And when it gets that far, that's like, it becomes eventually the true north, they call it. And to John's disappointment, Uncle Benjamin isn't as chummy with him once they're actually at the wall as he had expected, and he's not getting any favoritism from Uncle Ben there. Special treatment. I mean, I'm sure. Again, I imagine he kind of didn't exactly expect that, but he probably thought that because he had so many skills, he would be impressing everyone, and nobody's really acting impressed. Because, you know, nobody's going to be impressed by a 14 year Benjamin, you know, point blank says, you know, you're no ranger, John. Only a green boy with the smell of summer still on you. Yep. And John's like, I'll be 15 on my name day. Yeah, almost a man almost grown. 15. <laughs> I'm 15. And I'm 15. I'm emo. I'm Batman. Yeah, and, and Benjamin says, a boy you are and a boy you will remain until <laughs> Sir Alice there. Says you're fit to be a man of the night's watch. If you thought your stark blood would win you easy favors, you're wrong. We put aside our old families when we swear our vows. Your father will always have a place in my heart, but these are my brothers now. And gesture, of course, to the uh, the night's watch. So. <coughs> yep. And <laughs> yeah, Benjamin is going to go ranging beyond the wall. Yep. And doesn't let John go with him. And says that he'll speak with John when he returns. Now. I guess this is, we're getting a little spoiler here. Yeah. When somebody says, I'll speak with you when I return, that's pretty much George R. R. Martin for, and then they never saw each other again. <laughs> so he does that with other characters, I guess. But that's, uh, it's sort of a thing. I mean, what is it? Uh, a lot of authors will do literary devices like that. So, yeah, spoiler. I'm trying to remember if that exact, yeah, I'll... Well, no. It's not the only time I may be mixing up show quotes with book quotes, but it's this is not the only time that somebody says something like this and then they're gone. So So spoiler everybody, Benjamin Stark is not coming back. 
Well, and also, uh, what is it, John actually had sort of a vision of this. Yeah, he's imagining um, Benjamin, like, dead and, you know, bleeding out on the snow. Yeah. Which doesn't necessarily mm. mean that is what happened. It may be what happened. But we just... We know that he has this vision. And he, uh... He, he, he basically starts becoming alarmed by this. Um... And he goes to hang out with his wolf, which, yeah, he got to bring his... His wolf. Which is kind of surprising. Like, oh yeah, let's join this sort of military order. Yeah, you can bring your pet wolf. Well, they could use that wolf. I mean, you know, they later show that how great the how badass and, you know, <laughs> powerful the wolves are. I mean, you know, I'd take the wolf. I mean... <laughs> so, I mean... It's not like he'll misuse the wolf, right? But oh. yeah, exactly. So, and he's all thinking emo stuff about if he must be alone, he will make solitude his armor. And so, yeah, that's um, that's more well emo stuff with John. That's his. Yeah, that's his thing. But he's, of course, having flashbacks to his family. Um, There's mention that Castle Black does not have a god's wood. Um, but they have a small sept and a drunken septon. And uh, John doesn't feel like praying to any gods right now. But, yeah, that also means uh, there's a bit of a religious shift there that... Uh, most of the men of the Night's Watch probably believe the religion that is predominant in the South, the Seven. Um, later on, it will come up that there is a means for um, followers of the Old Gods to um, still have that, but it's not, it's not most of them, it's not the usual thing. So he's reminiscing about his... Uh his family and uh, each one of his family members especially uh, seems to be particularly fond of uh, Rob and Arya um, and he even misses Sansa who only ever called him her half brother yeah. and she understood that um, so she's he's reminiscing about this and then he gets interrupted by uh you broke Bren. my wrist, bastard boy. Like Gren, who I guess is this taller... Uh, Gren is a big, big, strong dude that you don't... Except for the fact that, you know, John was clearly able to out, uh, outfight him. Um, uh, I, except I don't think John could outfight him without a sword somehow. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, he broke his wrist, though. So... And... Potter with him, and there's Yorin as well. <laughs> um. And also the two um, guys that had come north at the same time as John, the two uh, rapists that were sent there as punishment. Yep. So they were all there. 
And he didn't remember their names because he didn't talk to them because of the obvious reason. Um, And John says, I'll break the other one for you if you ask nicely. Yeah. Uh, More talk about how Gran is bigger than him. Yeah, they're all bigger than him. Uh, (laughs) And they're all getting ready to uh, beat him up, but, you know, he's, he's... willing to challenge them. Uh, and um, Toad's saying, you make us look bad. And uh, Jean's throwing the sass back about you look bad before I ever met you. So they're all uh, getting angrier. And then they start insulting his mother. Um, <laughs> Um, and then they start fighting. And what happens? Um, and they were beginning to finally um, sort of get the edge on John. Given how many of them there were, and yeah, and yeah. Now they're all bigger than him. But John is holding his own. He's just uh, sort of avoiding uh, the worst of it. But. And at this moment. Um, Donald Noy, the blacksmith, comes in and um, orders all of them to stop. Uh, if you've only watched the show, Donald Noy is not in the show at all. Uh, he's this um, big blacksmith guy with only one arm, and he lost the other arm um, fighting with the Ironborn. So the pirates. Yeah. And I don't actually remember the exact reason he uh, joined the watch, but he's their blacksmith. He's their armor. And- yeah, he's blacksmith and armor, and he's, of course, you know, says, threatens to kick all of their asses, basically, if they don't stop. Uh, and they, uh, they, of course, agree to that, because who wouldn't? And Gren's like, but he broke my wrist, and the armor's like, no, he didn't. It could be a sprain. Go get the maester to give you a salve for it. Um, Totter, you go to the maester, too, for... Uh, I guess he got his head hurt and part of that. Yep. Um, tells the rest of them to go back to their rooms, their cells. They're calling them cells. Yeah, they always do that, and I guess it's just, uh, don't call them bunks, they call themselves. I think it's sort of, maybe to drive home the message that they're not free, that, you know, they made their vows and they're in it. Except they haven't made their vows yet. But they're going to, and that's the thing, they have to. Now, some of them could still walk away. Well, here's the question. What is the thing? I know that if you're a criminal and you're in the night's watch and you leave, you just basically... It's your penalty, I assume. I assume that's what happens, but it's not. It it never comes up. It's never explained. But, but I mean, somebody like John Snow. Could yeah, play. John could walk away right now. He just yeah. doesn't. And some other characters, like are a, they're of noble enough birth, they're able to, in theory, just walk away. Um, and Gren didn't do anything either. He just thinks he'll get a better life there. Yeah. Well, I think. Yeah, I think Bren was just, he realized he was a good armor, and he decided to take what he thought was a cushy job, which you have to be a hard 
hard man to think that's a cushy job. So. That that's Donald the armor. Oh, yeah, the yeah. Armor. I'm sorry. Gren the Gren, oh, Gren the farmer. The yeah, Gren's the large farmer boy. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, he didn't do anything. No. Do we, do we know anything about him? He got abandoned as a small boy outside of a farm, and the farmer raised him, and for go. some reason he joined the Night's Watch later. Maybe he thought, as you said, that would lead to a better life, because he may have heard similar stories to John and thought he would be a hero, except for, you know, so... Well... The armorer guy sends them all away except for John to take him aside. And he explains uh, the watch needs all of these men and it doesn't matter what they said about his mother. Yeah, well, he, he says, you know, because he started on the mother and said, well, what of it? You are a bastard, aren't you? Um, and Again, this is like one of those things that's constantly coming up, which we'll learn more about uh, later. But, you know, he's saying what is supposed to be the given facts that he's a bastard, so <laughs> Ned's honor did not prevent him from taking a, uh, a mistress. So, um, and he, he's not. Uh, He's not taking John's crap. He's just basically saying that, you know, he's got, you know, he's got to sit and listen to him while he, uh, goes off on John. And, of course, they, uh, describe, uh, how... And John's all, I hate it here, it's too cold. Yeah. Once again, he could leave. Yeah. Hasn't said the words yet. Oh yeah, it's it's cold and it's hard and it's mean and it's not like the stories your wet nurse told you. And uh, it's more of the story of... But he talks about how he has it easy for being a lord's bastard because he's still sort of a lord by proxy. And these others have... uh, (laughs) You know, they're descended from septums or tavern wench. Um, and and know, septums, that already implies septums are supposed to be celibate. celibate. Yeah. So it implied that he just gotten rid of. So it probably just came to that. It's like, alright, you're going to just be automatically in the White Night's Watch. Um, a bit a bit of the, the story of... Donald Noy, how he'd been the smith for Robert Baratheon, and he'd forged uh, King Robert's Warhammer uh, when he was younger, and yeah, about losing his arm from the injury from the axe, and after he lost his arm, he joined the Night's Watch. It doesn't really seem like something you'd want to join with one arm, but... But again, like I said, maybe he's a hardcore guy. Yeah. So, and he says he's there for life, and he says it's going to be short life, because uh, the way he's <laughs> behaving, he's going to get his throat slit in his sleep. Um, 
And John's like, they hate me because I'm better than they are. And Donald's like, no, they hate you because you're a bully. And... He acts like he's better than them. You can't really do that. And the whole thing we just explained about how he had training and most of those guys didn't. Yeah. And he he basically humiliated. Yeah. He mentioned uh, how he was trained by Sir Roger Castle and how basically he was and uh, Donald basically says how he was privileged enough to have that, to have that training and um, he, he was uh, m- most of the other he was well trained by Somebody who was very formidable and taught him how to actually actually use combat tactics, and the rest of these boys are just basically <laughs> the rest of these boys are basically just uh, they're farm you know they're farmhands and peasants and, and you know this illegitimate from sons. taverns and yeah illegitimate sons of priests and tavern folk and they have no training. And John says he didn't think, and Donald says best you start thinking that or you sleep with a dagger by your bed. Oh, go. It still requires some thinking. Yeah. Um. And, well, John actually does wise up and stop with his... Well, he realizes this. He realizes that, you know, it's right. That, you know, he is being this bully. And, you know, he's, uh... And, you know, he can't... He can't really do that. Um... Because, you know, he could, let's say, kick their butts all he wants. But, uh, he's right. If he, uh... If they don't like him, like, you know, they can just kill him in his sleep and be done with it. And then he'd be nowhere. So. There's some uh, description of how pretty the wall is with the sun on it. And it was the largest structure ever built by the hands of men. Yeah. And uh, Tyrion said it was also the uh, most useless. And it's the marker for the end of the world. Well, about it being the most useless, and that shows what Tyrion. Uh, <coughs> well, did. nobody knows, you know, what's coming exactly, but a few people kind of do. I mean, people who've read the books and seen the show. And I still don't know. I don't understand how realistically they could have built that. Wow. Even with um. I remember in 
um, one of the other books, World of Ice and Fire, there was some um, suggestion that giants may have been involved in... People build... Well, probably. But um, people build all sorts of things, so... It's, uh... It's, you know... And ice you, isn't exactly a great material to be... Uh, no, but again, that's the fantasy element of that, so... And later on, there's some pretty strong uh, implied that there was some uh, magic involved. Well, and again, that's the whole fantasy thing where George R. R. probably took actual feats of engineering. He's like, you know, let's make it magical ice instead. In addition to that, so. It's generally understood to be inspired by Hadrian's Wall, which is a lot smaller. Yeah. I mean, impressive for the time it was made, but... Yeah, and they've got uh, catapults and cranes up there, and... <laughs> yeah, they have all sorts of things, and it's clearly meant for serious defense. Um, it, it's meant for, you know, you would think, not just an army... But, Something you know, worse than some... Wildling raiders with primitive uh, weaponry yeah. and yeah, it looks like it would be used not necessarily automatically for you know a uh, necessarily something supernatural, which is what it's used for. But it can be used for like you know fending off an actual siege, which I guess we uh, see later. Yeah, and uh, John and Tyrion are talking. talking. Well, he, he's Tyrion, he's remembering what Tyrion said to him. Tyrion speaks up on him and says, makes you wonder what lies beyond. And he was, uh... John thinks there's nothing special. It's woods and mountains and frozen lakes, lots of snow and ice. And Tyrion finishes, and the Grumpkins and the Snarks. Let us not forget them. Lord Snow. So those are, I guess, Or else fantasy. what's that big thing for? They're, they're, they're fantasy things, I guess, right? Like, yeah. You never get any implication that Grumpkins or Snarks are real. I think they're just like little fairy tale uh, yeah. goblins or... Yeah. But as we know, there are other things... Other things that are real, yep. And John doesn't like his uh, Lord Snow nickname he's picked up because it was, you know, made to mock that he is the son of a lord and is putting on all these airs. Yep. As I mentioned, how a lot of those boys were getting, uh, some kind of demeaning nickname from Thorn. Um, yeah, Gren is the Aurochs, because, you know, big and dumb, he's like a... Big a clumsy, yeah, he's big and clumsy. But... That could be seen in a non-insulting way. I mean, an Aurochs is a... 
big, dangerous, uh... <sighs> yeah, I mean, it could probably be either way. But, you know, this time... And again, that's a... comes up later. This time it's being used to rest. But Gwen doesn't mind it so much for... the other reason, how it could be seen differently. His uncle, who just said goodbye to him a few pages ago, it's there's been some passage of time and he's been gone too long away. And Tyrion also tells John not to let them see, not to, like let the Lord Snow nickname actually annoy him, or he's never going to be free of it. Um. Take that name, make it your own, and they can't hurt him with it. Which kind of echoes some like earlier stuff Tyrion has said. Yeah. So Which Tyrion himself has had mixed results, you know, applying that kind of stuff to his own life. But So John gets uh Summoned by the Lord Commander. And, uh, and he, he basically has to uh, go see him immediately. You know, where is this part? It's. Yeah. And he, uh, he's frightened about this. He's actually intimidated by the, uh, by being summoned. Yes, a message had come with a raven that uh, involved his half-brother, Bran. And uh, we already know what happened with Bran. This is the first John John is hearing about it. So he's really alarmed by this. Um, And Tyrion... Tyrion tries to comfort him. He rushes off and says, what does it say about Bran? And, oh yeah, he's, uh, he gives him the uh, message from the raven, and the raven says, Corman. That's, that's something that's going to be sort of a running thing. And, but the thing is that the good news was that Bran woke up. So he's hearing that Bran woke up. It's not bad news. Bran has been saved, or for now, but of course he's crippled. Um, but the point is that Bran was going to live, and John takes comfort. Mm, I messed up here. I said this was the first Bran. John heard about Bran, but it's not. He said goodbye to Bran. This is the yeah, first. He heard about him. He, uh, no, it's the first he heard. It's about the first him that he heard that Bran recovered. was 
So yeah, right. Gonna not die, yes. You woke up and uh that was uh that was good news. Um and he actually He's in such a good mood, he actually apo- mood, he apologizes to Gren. About his wrist. And Gren's actually legitimately, like, terrified of him, but he uh, apologizes. And uh, offers to show Gren how to um, block that kind of move with the sword. Yeah, Thorne's annoyed by this. Like, oh, you want to take my place now? I'll have an easier time teaching a wolf to juggle than you will training this aurochs. And, uh, this is funny. John says he'll take that wager. He'd love to see ghosts juggle. And this made everybody laugh. <laughs> and it lightened the mood except for the fact that Sir, Sir Alistair is really not... He doesn't like being poked fun at at all for any reason, no matter what. Uh, he, uh, he, he vows vengeance. He says that was a grievous error, Lord Snow. And, and I think he doesn't like anybody else doing his uh, job for him. Yep. Oh, like actually teaching how to fight instead of uh, yelling at them about how much they're bad at it. Yeah. That's the end of the chapter. We got another Jon Snow chapter. He actually, you know, in theory, learns something. So, you know, he learns that he is not a one-man army, and he's not the Batman. He's uh, he's somebody who needs to uh, he needs to get along with uh, his fellow Knights Watchmen if he's to survive. And they're, you know, he, they're only going to be as good as he is. Or he, you know, he's... His whole group is only going to be as good as the lowest common denominator. As good as the um, weakest link in the chain. So, it's in his best interest to train them. And you have any more, uh, anything to say about this? We covered it pretty thoroughly. Yeah, we get to, we get to see, uh... Oh, yeah. Um, I, I did miss mentioning that there was talk of certain ranging parties, uh, men disappearing. Yeah. Which is adding to John's worry about his uncle. Yeah. May I ask a question? Yeah. Why is John's last name Snow? That's because um, every uh, illegitimate son of like lords in the region gets the same name. So in the north it's Snow, in uh, the Reach it's Flowers, in Dorn it's Sand. Um, and I think this really only applies to nobility. I don't think... Yeah, it only applies to nobility. I think if both of your parents are peasants, it's not a thing. And if John was to have a kid, even if he married the woman, the kid's going to be Snow, too, and there would be the same kind of stigma going. Forevermore. Yeah. 
And some people have kind of, like, changed the name a little bit. And, like, made it their own thing. Like, in, uh... Like Snowden or something? Or? Um, sort of like that. In one region, the name is Waters, and the guy changed it, and it's Long Waters now, and it's like, oh, yeah, we were related to somebody important. Which you would think that would kind of become a thing, like, well, if you've got one of those names, then... You're somewhere up the line related to a lord or a king. Yeah. So it's interesting stuff. And um, with the Targaryens, they actually uh, had House Blackfire, which started the same way, and they put the color of the dragon on backwards on their flag and so it's a red dragon on black that's pretty cool well I mean the red dragon okay the red dragon on black is Targaryen and the black dragon on red is Blackfire I don't want to mix that up (laughs) Um, but for the most part yeah it's a whole Region is the is the snow and the sand and in some areas there's a stigma on that. Not so much sand. Dorne doesn't really care. You're not gonna inherit anything royal, but nobody's gonna be like, oh yeah, your parents weren't. Everybody's doing everybody. So anyway, that's our chapter. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Cast Into the Fire podcast. Um, please review. Please um, message the Facebook if you have any uh, questions or anything you'd like us to talk about or um, any kind of a review. Um, we've got a Facebook group too, Cast Into the Fire podcast. You can join that. Um, we'd love to hear from you. Have a good evening.